Hello and welcome to episode number 325 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back with a movie that has been on our backlog for what seems like a very long time. I know, crazy. Um, yeah, we've uh, been talking a lot about, obviously, Terrifier 2 for literally years um, in the news, um, as well as, obviously, it being sort of having its big uh, fancy premiere at Fright Fest, um, and us sadly not getting to see it there. Um and then since then, it's kind of had its sort of limited run in theaters, done extremely well for such a small indie movie. We'll kind of get into all that stuff. Um, yeah, but we've finally seen the return of Art the Clown in all of his glory. Um, oh, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much just going to get straight into um, because there's no news this week. Um, there was a couple of things. They're just not interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was like that movie um, called missing just like the follow-up to searching oh yeah um, the trailer came out for that um this out in january but i watched like a minute of it and turned it off it just it really didn't look that good at all and i'm way less excited for that movie now um so yeah there was that and that's that was basically it so i can't even be bothered to talk about that because it, it was a you know we liked the first movie the second movie's weird because it doesn't have any continuity whatsoever to the first movie it's just another one of those screen life movies um and they can be great and they can be terrible and and based upon the trailer i'm not excited but um hopefully the movie's still good um Plus, we're going to be seeing it pretty soon anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out very soon. It's not like we have to worry about it. Um, but, yeah, shall we, shall we just talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Terrifier 2. So yeah, as we mentioned, um, the sequel, the long-awaited sequel, is finally Ooh. here. Obviously, Terrifier 2016 apparently was the release date for this one, and you know we we didn't do a show on it. Um, I don't know whether Terrifier, like the franchise, ever truly has a release date. It's mm-hmm. just kind of suddenly just appears. Yeah, You know, I, I kind of picture back in the day when you had like VHS stores and, you know, you'd go into them and to try, try to rent something. And just just one day there'd be you'd, you'd lift Bambi up and there'd be Terrified 2 hidden behind it. You know, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, shit, like they made another one, you know, and I think I think that's what this movie wants just to like, you know, be, you know, not have no fanfare, just suddenly be like, hang on a second. I remember that face. Yeah, I completely agree. That is, like, so in line with this movie. And mm. I think that finding that out with, like, that would be the perfect way to find out there's a Terrifier 3, that it's just yeah. out there in the ether and people suddenly start talking about it. it would be so cool. Um, but, yeah, it kind of came a, a sleeper hit, really, that kind of came out ultra-low-budget movie. The first movie's budget is $35,000, which, you know, in today's wow. world is literally nothing. Um, and, you know... Has you hear that, James Cameron? You hear that? <laughs> you know, slowly getting this kind of fanfare. Um, and we, we talked about it, obviously, we'd both rewatched it in recent weeks, mm-hmm. um, and how it's such a strange film, because it, it really doesn't feel like a film. Um, <laughs> to me, watching it, it felt like 
like watching a YouTube highlight video of when you watch like a supercut of the best kills in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, and it's and it's an hour long, and I and I think that's genuinely a good thing um, because that's clearly what they're going for. I think as a movie, it has like so many flaws. Obviously, if you try and even remotely and analytically look at it, which well, I just think is on fire, like as a as a as a movie, but as a as a just a yeah fun moments. There are so many of them. Yeah, like it, it, like scenes just make no sense. They start and end at weird times, but there's just so much entertainment to glean from it, and especially from Art the Clown, who is this kind of brand new creation that really does feel like a horror icon that has been around for years more than he actually has been. Mm. And so the fact that he'd only ever been in one film prior to this is already surprising. Um, but yeah, this is obviously people have wanted this for a while. It was, it was one of the movies that got hit hard by the pandemic, um, especially as an indie movie to kind of finally get it off the ground and start shooting it and then have to shut down due to the pandemic could have killed this project entirely. Um, I, th- I think there's a lot of films like i remember that we were talking in the news about stuff like they were going to do a new movie on is it the collector or the collection or is it yeah. both of those titles i think they've used they're, they're um, correct yeah, yeah they were, they were, they did they do a, did they do a third one or did they just do two i can't remember i can't remember um, now yeah because i've only seen two uh, of them i think yeah they we're definitely going to do a new one um and then i remember before the pandemic we were talking about that and then i've not heard a peep for like two years so i don't know if that just killed that movie entirely or what um but it clearly does happen and so for them to kind of be able to reinvest and go back and actually finish this movie is that in itself a miracle um but then kind of getting this movie and then obviously hearing about how long it is um is insane like we've talked about it before obviously we talk about run times unfortunately a lot but this is definitely a case that it's warranted um because i do, this might be the first film we've seen this year um yeah. i'm trying to think off the top of my head like was the northman more than this i i don't think it was i don't think it was i think it was just over two hours wasn't it yeah whereas the yeah this is two hours and 18 minutes um pretty Ooh, two much... hours 17 is the northman <laughs> according to imdb so done it by a minute and this does have a substantial scenes during the credits, so it definitely is that runtime. Does it? Does it? <laughs> Obviously, the Northman ends, and I'm sure there probably is like a lot of credits because it's a huge film. So, yeah, this is probably the longest movie of the year, which is mind blowing to think. Um, considering the first movie um, was uh, 86 minutes, um, you know, so you're getting a lot of bang for your buck if you've you know if you've waited this long. You're getting what you paid for, pretty much. You know, you're not going to feel shortchanged. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's it, really. Like the return of Art the Clown. Um, good. I would love, I would love for you to have done a plot synopsis for the first movie. Um, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one's difficult enough. Let alone, let alone the first movie. Whereas at least this yeah, one does have no some sort of plot. It's just like a, a clown just like expecting. Sat, sat at the calf, like the first movie. He's just a clown <laughs> sat at the calf, and he got pissed off. Yeah. Like, there you go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, whereas this one is kind of, you know, very plot heavy, actually, Mm. where, um, yeah, we kind of get reintroduced to Art at the beginning of the movie. He's kind of resurrected um, from the morgue, uh, which, like, I can see the name, like, in in IMDb, but I I didn't actually know that this character existed going into this movie, which was a nice surprise. 
that's why I'm being a little bit mindful of spoiling it. But like, basically, he has a partner in crime that's kind oh, of yeah. weird. Uh, she's she's known as the little pale girl, and mm. kind of I didn't see her in almost any of the promotional stuff, and she was a very welcome surprise. Um, and basically, yeah, he gets resurrected in a kind of you know very Friday the Thirteenth esque kind of you know way just kind of nonsensical art is back um and yeah if you haven't seen the first one art is basically this mute clown uh who is just hell-bent on killing people and um having a laugh at the same time i guess Mm. um and yeah kind of as he's back kind of like it's kind of hilarious because the plot of this movie is kind of a mixture of pick a friday the 13th movie halloween and nightmare on elm street yeah because we have this weird like he's back on halloween night killing people then we get introduced to our main character um sienna and her brother who are kind of coping with the um apparent suicide was it of their dad yeah i think like he died in a car crash but i think it was a suicide either way and they're kind of dealing with that and kind of Sienna is then having these dreams of Art the Clown initially and kind of she's having these dreams and, and straight up like the the kind of high school scene from Nightmare on Elm Street is ripped off in this movie um, with Sienna kind of having a dream sequence in a school and kind of, you know, even like the no running in the halls and everything is, is used um, and eventually kind of Art kind of gets involved in the real life and steps out of the dream world for for Sienna and the resurrected art comes to wreak havoc on her and her friends. Um, yeah, I mean, my God, I mean, that's more plot than I, I even dreamed of being able to talk about for terrified Two, having not seen the movie, uh, you know, prior, like I, I didn't expect them to really go that hard on a plot and especially like a plot of like a, a lead kind of character other than art. Um, you know, the amount of screen time that Sienna gets to set up this story is, you know, it, it's kind of outrageous and it's kind of why this movie is as long as it is that we kind of get what we got in the original movie in the way of art. But then we have this giant story of Sienna and her brother and kind of her father and what happened to him and all these like weird flashbacks and different things. And it's, you know, it, it really does go long in the tooth with those parts in particular. Um, but I guess I'm going into my thoughts a bit here. So I guess that's, that's the end of the plot at least. And uh, yeah, I mean, terrified too. Hey, we've seen it. Yeah. It, it's interesting because in the, um, the Wikipedia, one of the first lines says about um, Damien Leone, who basically did everything with these movies. Um, He's the writer, the director, the producer, the editor, and in charge of special effects. So this is, you know, a pretty crazy undertaking for him. Um, But it does say that he spent three months writing a character-driven screenplay following criticism of the first film's perceived (laughs) lack of narrative, Um, which I find such a hilarious sentence. um, Mm. Because, like, yeah, of course that was a criticism of the first movie, but I just don't think you should have listened. Like, we have to say that, and we would have said that had we done a review on it, which we didn't. Yeah, but but we also, we were saying that, like, I said, like, yeah, uh, the plot is nonsensical, but it's we had a great time you know that's the thing like this movie terrify one got a cult following 
it got a cult following, not through people critiquing it through the story, for people falling in love with R and this, like, the kills, like, the gore and the kills of the two movies are just, like, on another level. Like, absolute other level, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. like, I, I am surprised because... Um, it just to me that that shouldn't ever have crossed his mind you know and i think that ultimately it did and that's why it's one of the many reasons why this movie's long i think ultimately as well like it's it is a very bloated film obviously i think with that runtime it was almost going to be impossible to pull yeah. off a sequel to terrified 2 and be that long and it not feel bloated and like it's obvious when you watch this movie that like early on there's a dream sequence with the with the clown cafe um <laughs> which is which is a great scene that i really enjoyed like most of the scenes that i'll get into which i actually really enjoyed but it's just it was a perfect example early on where i knew exactly what i was getting myself in for where this scene is just too long and and, yeah. and and like and there's multiple bits in it when he's going around on his little tricycle and it keeps going on and then there'll be like close-ups of characters laughing and it just keeps going on and do you know what i mean it's like every little bit is just too long um well, i think as well he figured out that his prosthetic dead bodies mm. even after they've like exploded still look quite real yeah so... <laughs> The amount of times we just see like an aftermath of like what art <laughs> yeah. has done for like a crazy amount of time. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, I felt like he just kind of finished a scene and was like, shit, man, this looks so real. I'm going to mm. film it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And, and like you say, it does look great. And I think it another thing as well is like because of the, the actual characterization of art, he mm. needs screen time because he's a mute character and it's all these kind of like facial expressions mm. and so you can't have them quickly like they need to stay on screen for a considerable amount of time to land and it does become funnier the longer he's pulling these weird faces on screen without it cutting away so i think that there is actually like stylistic reasons why it needs to be a certain length um when you're having this amount of content but it is definitely the one downfall in terms of him doing everything because i think from like a, a directing definitely and from a special effects standpoint he's so goddamn talented mm -hmm. um i think writing wise obviously he kind of he took a criticism to heart which i don't think he should have but mm -hmm. as far as editing goes that's like it's easily the most thing you can kind of criticize the movie for is that yeah he's took so and it, it's it's i'm already editing so is, editing is the most common thing though that like yeah. the, the the one thing that you should outsource if you're trying to do a lot of things is editing because you can't see the wood through the trees like you've created this this story you've created hours of content and you need someone else that's not attached to it to then cut it down to, to for normal people to watch not someone that's put your heart and soul into it and i think you know, it, it's just it's so incredibly rare to see someone that can edit their own movie and be incredibly successful with it. I think you can do some of the other things and wear multiple hats. But I think that is by far the most difficult one to don when you when you're so involved elsewhere. For sure. And I, I wish we could just normalize having multiple cuts of films, because I think this mm. is a perfect example to where if I'm judging this critically as a movie, 
this this could have easily been 45 minutes shorter and it wouldn't have lost any of the major beats all of the things that i loved about this movie and there's a lot i still would have loved and it just would have been a much more complete film had that been the version and then you could release the quote-unquote director's cut which would be this two hour 20 minute version which i do think would appeal to more people i think that's why i'm so torn in my in that specific criticism of this film because on one hand we do talk about runtimes a lot and so i can't just give this movie a pass because it's it's arguably one of the most egregious ones we've ever had and like i say i genuinely think you can easily cut 45 minutes and it still be as enjoyable but the flip side of that is people have waited six years for the return of this character and i think that anyone who's watching terrifier 2 having enjoyed the first movie isn't going to worry about having more of art the clown on screen or a longer film in general so yeah, i think I, that's I the that. spot aren't we well i do get that apart from the fact that there is vast chunks of this movie that are very sienna character driven mm, um yeah. Because I think scenes with her mum early on, like they're, they're yeah. all so long, and and like, we get it. Like the mum's a bit of a bitch. They're all like, some kind of like suffering from this like overall family loss, and then there's this kind of like character that he created that she's going to become in the final act. Like that's all you need to set up, and you can set that up so quickly. I think it's one of them though. Like you know, it you know when when you've got a movie like A Devil's Rejects where our villains are the lead. And you're just purely rooting for them. Like, well, we just want to see art, like, kill people. Like, that's, that's, all, that's all we want from these movies. And I think, like, having this lead and having Sienna and having all this story, like, I, you know, I, I find that, I mean, let alone judging it anyway it, on its own merit, but let alone, like I say, in this sort of movie, I just didn't, I didn't need it. I think, yeah, anything when art is on screen was enjoyable. And I think basically if you could slim down the rest of the movie to almost nothing, you know, you think of the first movie and it was like, oh, these two girls, they've been on a night out. They've gone to this calf. Art starts chasing them mm-hmm. like bosh. And it's like, that's all I needed. I just needed like a, a fancy dress Halloween party. Cool. Her brother like is there as well, whatever, you know, and then let's go, you know, and I didn't really need because like at one point I'm like, oh, okay, so is Art their dad? Like, I'm like, I'm like, like, you know, why is she having these dream sequences of him? They keep talking about this dad that's gone mental. And I'm like, is he going to like pull the mask off at one point and be like, I'm sorry, kids. Like, I I, honestly, I was like, what are they, you know, what is going on with that? But, but yeah, then, then suddenly like, yeah, the, the, the art stuff is, you know, just, you know, the, the kills are so imaginative and so, you know, visceral and so practical as well. Like, I haven't seen a movie in so long where it just, you know, you can tell that they were just making these crazy things and just seeing what they could do with them and, and seeing what works and what doesn't. And more often than not, it just looks so incredible. Um, and, you know, that's my takeaway from this movie. I think even when, like he just got like a Tommy gun or whatever it was and started mm. unloading on people. Even that just looks super violent and crazy. Like, you know, and, and I think um, his kind of makeup and, and effects work is just like just completely out of this world. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that, that's the bit that, that this movie really does stand out on more than anything else. Yeah, are they, this movie so delivers. I think it over delivers on on mm. the clown. I think in that those aspects, it's way better than the first movie. Like it's every scene he's in 
is enjoyable because of him um and like you say the the actual practical effects in this movie are incredible they, they go so much further and harder than i was expecting and again that's where you're kind of why there's that runtime and why this was so many years in the making because they they genuinely just put everything into this film you know it doesn't feel like a traditional oh maybe we slow down a bit because there's a lot of ideas we've got to end the quote-unquote trilogy and i and i really like that they didn't think that far ahead they just went nah fuck it we're just going to put everything in this movie and I think all of the kills, I mean, there's just so many memorable moments. But like you say, we don't see too many movies that deliver, A, the quantity of actual practical effects in this, which is on another level in terms of just body count and different ways of kills. But then more importantly, how good each and every single one of those looked, where I was continually surprised where typically there's always that one or two moment or there'll mm. be one kill where you're like oh that's the one that was a bit of a, a throwaway gag and then has the main one that took months to kind of set up but to me they all felt equal in terms of like oh they're genuinely all brilliant and there's clearly like the standout scene the bedroom scene um but i think even stuff like i thought for me personally i enjoyed the the stuff in the halloween store the most yeah. um because i think the bedroom stuff whilst it's clearly going to be the the most talked about scene in this movie it it just goes so hard and so far whereas i think the halloween store one to me just really worked on so many levels but there's so many scenes isn't there like like say the actual dream sequences as well like the uh the clown cafe stuff and let alone stuff in the finale like it's just all fantastic yeah i think the thing about it is is that like when um when you get each kill like there's so many of them where he's like bludgeoning people and like you can see like the, the the actor still in there and I'm like, man, like how do they like you say the level of craft where they've gone into it where they have they must, you know, have had these varying degrees of like smashed in skull prosthetics and keeping the real actor in there for so long. And and you know, I just think it was yeah, it was so impressive and it looked so good. It was a you know, it was a technical marvel for for that sort of thing. And and like you say, there's definitely standouts. I like the um the mask store as well. I just thought that was mm. really well done. And I, I think as well, like I love um, the idea of art just like it's Halloween. So he's just like dicking around and like people who don't know what he is just thinks it's like an idiot in a clown outfit. And, and like, I think that's brilliant seeing like them having this kind of, you know, realization when it's too late of what he actually is. Mm. um you know he's just hiding in plain sight um and yeah and i think as well the um obviously the addition of um the little pale girl i think like art himself like that character looks so good like his makeup and the way he looks is just iconic and it's you know when you think of like a clown it's like okay we've seen a clown a million times we've seen Mm. it we've seen all of these movies but art is unique like the way he looks and i think that's like you know when you have these you know i think you know there's parallels to like spalding and like i say these great cat clown characters where they do in themselves look iconic because they look different enough and his one you know so terrifying and then when he does do these little smiley faces and try to be innocent and stuff the performance is so well to put that across and and put that you know in this terrifying mask and and so i think that's perfection but it was already perfection in the first movie and like, it's still perfection in this movie. But then suddenly to introduce like little pale girl, she's brilliant. 
Like she looks like just nuts every time she comes on screen. Like every time I'm like, oh man, she's great. And like those two together, like I almost wish as long as this movie was that we had more of them two just like fucking around. Like I wanted them just to be like playing catch with body parts and stuff for like 10 minutes. Yeah, Yeah, I thought she was awesome as well. And I do just wish that I was surprised that she kind of disappeared from the movie for fairly Mm. big chunks. And I don't know if that was potentially a sign of the sort of disjointed filming of this film and kind of maybe she was a late addition and independent on obviously way because obviously she she shows up early in the movie mm. but then there's huge parts of the movie that she's just not prevalent at all um and i do wish that she had been more involved in the kills because she yeah. she mostly pops up in the aftermath and it's and like i say it's such a good performance it's such a great continuation of the look of art but in a slightly different thing like i love the fact that she still has the hat to the side but like her hair is going through the hat is just so great um so there's all these like yeah she their interactions are brilliant and it's also just another excuse to have art on screen and it not always be the same interactions which is girl is terrified of art art's doing a creepy thing like that's pretty much all you can do with him on screen unless he's on his own so to have another character to bounce off in interesting ways is awesome but yeah i just wish she'd have got more involved in a lot of the kills definitely definitely i think as well one of the best um scenes of the movie was when he served the trick-or-treaters uh yeah. candy from a, a decapitated head yeah. like i just thought that was so brilliant the way that like um it's exactly how it would go down in real life. Like these kids would like were freaked out initially, then excited. They're like, "Oh, it looks so real!" And then, and then like one of the kids was like, "Oh, it's all sticky." And the mum's like, "Don't worry, it's just fake blood." Kids like laughing, yeah. like winking to Art the Clown, and he's like, "What the hell? How have I pulled this off?" Like, <laughs> I just loved that. I thought it was such a great scene. Yeah. For sure. I I think like there really is like overall, I do think this is fantastic. And I think it absolutely delivers on the sequel to Terrifier. I think ultimately, I do think this is better than the first movie, which is, you know, what pretty much all you can ask for from from most sequels, let alone a sequel to Terrifier, because I think that it has its niche audience. And so you've just got to deliver on what that audience wants. And I, I can't see how, if you were a fan of the first movie, I don't see how you could possibly not like this film. Mm. Um, because I think it's more of the same, but slightly better. Um, obviously comparing the two, like it's difficult with the runtime because I just don't know when I'll be in the mood to watch this. And that is, that is the one part of like outside of my own criticisms of runtimes. That is the one part that might genuinely, or it does genuinely bum me out is that like going forward i would much prefer to watch this film Mm. um a two hour and 20 version of this film is difficult and that's why i i would be a huge advocate for two different versions because i think like i say i could still get all of those same moments and those same enjoyment with with such a shorter runtime and again i think that i'm in the minority on this occasion like i genuinely think that most terrifier fans would say no i want the three hour car um (laughs) because you're just getting more of what you love and that's absolutely fine um but i do think that yeah going forward it would it would slightly distract from the experience but as a first time viewing it it wasn't too much of an issue like i i knew it going in obviously and then once i had that early cafe sequence that to me perfectly set the tone where like i mentioned i was like oh okay every scene is gonna go on for too long that's just how it is and and i almost think it's even more perfectly exemplified with the end credit sequence 
which is like most end credit sequences don't go on for like four minutes <laughs> but that just shows you that like yeah everything they shot pr- seems like it made it into the film and most of it is really good it's funny it's gory it, it you know you'll see things in this movie that you've genuinely never seen in a horror movie before which i think yeah. you have to just absolutely applaud them and i do think that my biggest takeaway for sure is that even if this isn't a movie that i'll typically sit down and watch because of the runtime there's no question in my mind that art the clown is now one of the best horror icons ever um and certainly of this modern generation Mm. um just even after two films now i'm like he's set now you you will see his face on t-shirts on merchandise forever um and i i do think that there is clearly legs in this like i would be especially like we we I, I did mention it at the start of the show but this obviously had a very limited u.s box office run um and it made 11 million dollars um Crazy. which is incredible for an indie movie it's very difficult to find out the budget of this movie um all of the websites say that it had a 250k budget which is obviously much bigger than the first movie however that doesn't seem to be right because there was an Indiegogo campaign for 50k, which got 250k in donations, but that was specifically for a practical effects driven scene in the film, which <laughs> which turned out to, of course, be the bedroom scene. Um, and it Great. says before that, Leone had secured finances from private investors. So I'm like, but everyone's reporting in all of the good stories, which they should celebrate this movie making the money it did at the box office. No question about it. It's a huge success. But they all cite 250K as the budget. And I'm like, well, that's not true. That's That, that was for one scene. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what the budget is. Even if we say it's like it's clearly less than a million. So it still made a shit ton of money and rightfully yeah, so. Say, but, you're, um, making, you're making minimum 10 times, you know. Yeah, then, sure. You know, like say, and that's, that's being prudent with it i think yeah. yeah i think as well like the more we've spoken like the runtime definitely should be mentioned but actually like like you you said and i definitely feel that way like when i was watching the movie i was relatively unaffected by it because mm. so often even with the scenes that went on a bit you're then like bam there's art the clan and he's gonna do something crazy you yeah. know and, and especially like when we had um sienna like at the party and all of that stuff like that was the juxtaposition with art doing the trick-or-treating and everything yeah and it was like yeah i wasn't like super into like her stuff and her journey because ultimately i'm like okay she's just gonna get chucked with art by the end of it you know it's just a final girl there was nothing like you know special about that character but like that's fine because that's what you know the these throwback this is a throwback to the 80s and like, you know, that's what those movies were, and I'm I'm okay with that. And I think like, you know, I have nothing against her as a character. I think it it did the job, but certainly like, yeah, those art moments that were sprinkled in there enough that that yeah, I like I can see myself watching this movie again. It's just that you know it becomes more of a you know you you have to allow the time for it more than anything. But, yeah, but it's certainly worth it. And and like I say, just just the the level of of kills and and yeah i i can't see that this 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 movie is the end or like we're, we're even close to the end of the franchise because you know i think uh, the, the worrying thing is is when kind of we don't have like this level of craft in the kills like when they start to become like you know the, the cheap version and the bad version mm. then you know that's when that's when the franchise will get annoying but you know the way the way Damien does the, you know, these practical effects, like 
as long as he can keep making these movies i'm i'm more than happy to keep watching them yeah for sure i think uh, like overall i did think this movie was fantastic but to piggyback on the one thing you said about sienna which for me is a definite criticism is that um i really liked how the first movie didn't have a traditional final girl Mm. and kind of how we were focusing on these two characters that died and then the movie kept going and 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 that was when you kind of realized that it was almost psycho-esque but except it wasn't because it didn't change protagonist it just revealed to itself that art was the protagonist and i think that was actually really cool whereas when we're introduced to sienna and all of her family life and and the second they showed that drawing of her kind of creating with the wings and everything i was like oh she's so obviously the final girl and she was obviously win and so to me that did detract from the experience slightly because ultimately like she was fine and i i I'm probably more than fine i did enjoy her character quite a bit but like i ultimately don't care about her and i think it's the problem that i'd said recently how i find halloween to be interesting where people spend 95 percent of the movie rooting for michael myers and in the final five percent rooting for yeah. laurie and i like how this movie did what i want a lot of those slashes to to do which they don't do which is just focus on the killer and so to for this movie to not do that and to now follow the traditional path that all of these others uh you know uh, characters have done in the past it did lose something for me only slightly because i'm like oh art is awesome and i would have loved for them to just continue to say no art is the main character you're showing up to watch him kill people and that's exactly why someone would watch a two and a t- hours 20 minute version of this film but then they just go down that old path of like nah we you know it's a more traditional horror movie end and i liked that it bucked those traditions in the first one so yeah. that is a that is a small criticism to, for me but i still think the movie's great and overall is better than the first movie just because art is so goddamn good in this and and like i say the level of kills there was great kills in the first one but this movie takes it to a whole nother level um yeah and was so so entertaining i think for and and like i say even for a long movie even in the scenes that are too long they're good scenes that are too long like i want to be clear about that they don't it doesn't make the scenes bad you're just watching a scene going yep this could have ended by now but it's i'm still good like the clown cafe again i bring up is like it is too long but I loved it. Like, that whole scene is great. I love the song. I love the way he killed everyone. Like, all of that stuff is fantastic. Mm. Um, but it's just so obvious that it's like, you feel like you're watching the, f- you know, not the f- necessarily the first cut of a movie, but you can tell you're watching a cut of the movie where they didn't want to take anything out. And at the end of the day, I almost want to just respect it because I'm like, yeah, you made this movie against all odds. Like, fair play. Just enjoy it. And I think most people will. I'd like to say, I think these are small problems that are more for me than they will be for most people that want to watch Terrifier 2. Well, like, I, think, I think it's just when you start to have, you know, when we need to have a conversation about it in comparison to other movies that we see and, you know, we're, we're a review podcast mm. and you have to kind of look at it a little bit more. And I think, like, you know, so so it, that's where we do have to pull it apart a little bit. But I think when you actually just look at what they wanted to deliver, um, yeah. And then the fact that, you know, and I think we spoke about this with other movies this year, like deliver for your fan base first. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing that like so many movies. And I think that's where like Halloween is like really like, you know, why we do shit on it so much is like. Halloween was made by people that didn't want to make a Halloween movie that were like, oh, well, we kind of got the IP. And, you know, I I hear people talking about Andor all the time with Star Wars. And it's like, that's made by people that clearly don't want anything to do with Star Wars. And that triggers me so much. And I think, like, 
when you um, have this IP where they're like, do you know what? We've got a dedicated fan base and all we want to do is please them. If we get more people, great. But like, we have to please our fan base. And that was the MO from this movie from day one. And I think that's fantastic. And, and it's respecting the people that got the movie made you know yeah. uh, the, the, not not the movie makers that was the filmmakers got the the sequel greenlit you know got enough behind it and i think like you know and then give back to those fans and that's exactly what this movie did yeah it's, it's a great celebration we talk a lot about that and kind of the the creators that we really want to support you know and that's why like chucky has been so good to us and these people that there's this genuine love for the thing that they're making and that's why like when i watch a saw movie now i don't feel the love at all mm. i feel like it's it's in corporate hands at Lionsgate and is being completely mistreated and so that is why yeah seeing something like terrifier 2 come out fills me with joy just in the horror genre because yeah i think it's made for a very specific audience that are going to absolutely love it and i think for most people this is like their their indie horror that they love like it's it's what i think about for pg is what i think most people will think about for terrifier um and so i'm so glad that that it got made for those people and i still love it as well um just as an aside seeing as i did bring up pg there was a uh, an actor from psycho gorman in this film did you catch it um i don't think so no well, I, I like knew it instantly <laughs> so um luke the uh the boy the brother of mimi in psycho oh, gorman okay. he's the boy who's like poking the possum behind the bins in the school Brilliant. and i just yeah immediately recognized him so yeah this movie knows that it that it needed to give that shout out to pg which is thankful but yeah hopefully one day i'll live in a world where um because it is like that is another example as well of them just catering to their audience and doing it you know perfectly obviously like they were extremely aggressive with what they cut which is why i think it's such a better complete movie but i again i can't like that that's the perfect example if a two and a half hour version of that movie came out i obviously wouldn't complain like because it would just be more of the thing i love but yeah i think when you're looking at it as like actually a critical movie it is self-indulgent there's no question about it this is a this is self-indulgent and it is bloated however it's still ridiculously enjoyable in spite of that like i think we were actually both worried i i remember when we talked about it around fright fest that it would ruin the film that we were like that is shockingly long to the point where it could ruin the actual fun of art the clown and my biggest takeaway is that it absolutely didn't um and it makes me wonder just man where would this movie fell for us personally if it was tighter because i still come out of this thinking this is fantastic and super enjoyable but i do just have this big criticism that could that is so easily avoided as well is the is the thing um but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, we'll do uh, recommendations, and then we've got a comment. Uh, what would you recommend people watch Terrify Two? Oh yeah, for sure. I think um, you know both movies um, are a great watch, but like like you said, I think this movie does deliver more on the first. You know, we get better kills and just better creativity, and with the addition of uh, of the pale girl and kind of the way that then art can play off her. And he's much more of a rounded character in this movie as well. I think it, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think you'll have a great time. And, and to be fair, if you've not seen the first one, I mean, I think you should see them both, but you can just watch this one, you know, because it is yeah. just like, you know, when, when you watch the Friday the 13th movies back in the day, you know, if you hadn't seen any of them all, okay, there's this dude called Jason that's going to get resurrected at the start of the movie. He's a killer. Go. You know, and it's like, that's what this is, you know, and, and yeah, I think it works. And, and yeah, I think you should definitely try to watch it if you can, if you can stomach it. 
<laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Like, I was initially going to say that, like, obviously, if you've seen the first Terrifier, you kind of know if you want to see more of it. And so in that case, it's a no brainer. If you like the first movie, you'll really like this one. But I do actually want to piggyback on what you said of, yeah, my recommendation, if you've not seen either, would be to watch Terrifier 2, um, because I think it is a better film. So I think that, it, that this movie does hit all of the same notes the first movie did, just better. And so I think there's also a less chance of feeling that fatigue because you haven't just watched an 85 minute movie to then watch a two hour, 20 minute movie, if that makes sense. So I think ultimately, yeah, I would just say Terrified 2 is the best of it all. Like, I don't think there's anything, you know, because I only watched it like a month ago. I'm thinking, was there anything specifically about the first movie that you'd need to see? I don't think there is because I, I, the only thing that's great in Terrifier 1 is Art the Clown and those kills and you get that in this movie but it's better so yeah I'd just say watch Terrifier 2 and it is mental it is a throwback there really isn't anything like this you know we, we've not seen anything on this level of gore you know like I remember when we saw that Puppet Master movie and it was great just to see like crazy yeah, kills and gore yeah, but that was like that was like 15 minutes in a two hour film whereas like this movie delivers it just constantly um yeah. It, it really is crazy it's a really good achievement i do think overall for for indie filmmaking as well i'm really glad that this was this actually got like you know it got its time at fright fest it sadly obviously didn't get a wide release in the uk but the fact that it did get that release in the states and people went out and supported it because mm. i think it was for three weeks as well so for it to make that money that it did so so good um and i think it speaks volumes that they're clearly we're going to get more of this like no question about it um, i think as well like just just a brief one imagine how fun it would have been watching this at fright fest man yeah definitely oh like, yeah on the screen oh my god yeah. <laughs> like the world biggest screen like, yeah. or definitely in the country and mm. like just that level of violence with that sort of crowd like yeah. I'd imagine that crowd was going absolutely insane for it. Like there yeah. was just so many parts that would have led to a horror crowd being vocal, you know, not just the kills, just art and his, like, like I said, I, uh, we wanted to see it so bad and just scheduling didn't work out. And, and like, it is a shame because, you know, that and barbarian were on the same day. Like that, that is, that was a killer final day for fright fest for sure. Yeah. Th this one frustrates me a lot more than barbarian because, I think they fucked it. Like having Terrified mm. Two on a Saturday night, yeah, yeah, would blow the roof off the place. Having it on a Monday, are you kidding me? Like, come on, like that is awful. Like that's just bad scheduling. Um, but yeah, we've seen it now anyway. Um, but yeah, we did have a comment uh, about mm -hmm. this movie from Cody, um, who says, "Hey guys, about time! Um, I've been waiting for this episode for so long. After I saw <laughs> it at my local cinema, I loved this movie. Everything about it. Art the Clown has become my favorite horror icon, and I can't believe how much better this is than the first film, which was also great. Um, I also can't believe the amount of gore and kills this movie had. It made Halloween Kills look like a G-rated film. Really um, overall, a great film. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I." I did cheers um yeah i'm glad cody because uh, obviously you had to uh unfortunately watch the halloween films like we did so i'm glad you uh you got your fix that you clearly needed with uh, yeah. a great great iconic killer and great kills um yeah there's certainly a lot of franchises that could take notes from terrifier believe it or not um i mean that's the other thing as well like just as a small aside this guy damien for him to do this on a small budget how there isn't multiple companies sitting on these ips that are dormant like saying let's sign this guy up do you know what i mean like to I me know. it's a well, no 
Yeah, they absolutely should be. They won't be because they're all fools. But like, and they'll give mm. it to people that are shit and should just make terrible comedies. But like, th- this is what people should be looking at. And and like I say, there's so much IP that I think he would do justice. Um, yeah. That being said, fuck it. I'd much rather him continue to build his own legacy. Yeah, I think it's exactly way it. more that's, interesting. You know, that's what I said earlier. Like, I want him to keep making Terrifier movies. Yeah. Just, you know, I haven't got fatigue of it and I haven't got fatigue of him making it for sure. So, yeah, I just want to keep seeing it. Definitely. So, yeah, very, very enjoyable indeed. But that was our discussion of Terrifier 2. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for another week. But there, oh, um, there was some television that uh, apparently you're going to have to talk about. Um, yeah. Because it's a big deal. Um, yeah, you man. know, it's. I mean, unfortunately, it's probably not one of the most talked about things because thankfully we like to focus on good things. But it's clearly, you know, it's been part of the show since day one, um, which it is The Walking Dead. Own, never got its own episode, The Walking Dead. Of course one not, because I'm one of my biggest regrets. But but you know, one of the movies. It. I'm pretty like, sure I stopped watching it prior to us starting the show. Maybe, maybe I think though. You know, I mean, there's still hope for the movies. You know, there's still hope. Um, I watch a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I saw it. Like it's it's. I feel I feel so free more mm. than anything. I feel like you know <laughs> I haven't got to keep watching it, which is good. But the only worry is is that there are spin-offs out there currently. Like, yeah. <laughs> like an outrageous amount that I, I, I don't, I can't even comprehend. Mm. Um, and that's the thing where this, this isn't an ending. It's just like, oh, okay, we're going to stop calling it walking dead. And that means we can get these actors into their own little contracts and figure shit out. Like it's, it's so weird. Um, but yeah, judging like the build up to this finale in this season, like this was a good season finale. Like, uh, we'll talk about series finale, but in terms of season, like I enjoyed it that they're at this new place called Commonwealth and, you know, the, the push and pull with that and different characters. Like I found, I found it, you know, good. And I think, um, but when I think of all the conflict that we've had over, so, you know, years of, you know, over a decade of walking dead. And I think kind of, of this being, you know, a show finale, there's nothing that stands out really that this conflict is any more relevant than the other. We kind of, we get them having a resolution and then this little bit at the end where everyone's like, Oh, we're happy now. Zombies are still around, but we've got stuff. So we're okay. Right. And I'm like, you know, okay. Until the next dude with an eye patch rocks up, like, you know, it just didn't, you know, it doesn't feel like a definitive end. And the problem is this show was designed, you know, initially for the comic book and for this TV show to be never ending. So how do you end it? Mm. Um, you know, but the the biggest gripe I have with it is really just how obscenely it, it sets up these spinoffs where my understanding is that there is a Daryl spinoff that, that's happening, like a TV show spinoff. Yeah, and is. so the, the, basically the last five minutes 
Daryl just fucks off on a bike, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to say, just gonna say one thing a week, mm. just for the listeners' sake. Yeah. Is this a spoiler alert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this okay, is a spoiler cool. alert. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, like, Daryl basically just, just is like, yeah, I'm going to go just, like, explore on my bike. Like, I'll probably find some bros, and you, you'll see me on a poster coming soon. I'm like, okay, cool, Daryl. Um, and then, and then you kind of get the little Negan bit where he's kind of having his little bit and he's got some sort of spin off come in and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is kind of outrageous. And then I was like, oh, in my head, I was like, I tell you what would be more outrageous if we now get like 60 seconds of Rick and, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> mm. The the last two minutes of the show is Rick and Michonne who we haven't seen, you know, Rick disappeared in season nine and michonne shortly after and it's basically like those two writing each other other a poem basically saying that they're not going to give up looking for each other mm. um and we know that there is a spin-off i, I think it's meant to be like a, a mini series of those like i don't know whether by mini series in terms of number of episodes uh, my assumption is that they'll be closer to feature length um but uh, a short episode se- series of those two, like finding each other, and it's just, do you know what I mean? That's that's so outrageous for a show to end and have these like clear f- like three different projects that they they're just setting up. It's just it is mind blowing, and I think like that's exactly the intent of what Walking Dead always was. The the it would be fear the Walking Dead, you know, these spin offs, whatever that other spin off was that's happened, you know, new class or whatever. You know, I can easily see them being like, oh, okay, we're going to have another spin-off where we're back with Rick's kids or whatever, and just all these different things. Um, and so, yeah, I think in terms of, of season, it was good. You know, do I feel like I've seen the end of Walking Dead, seeing as I've just watched the season finale? Like, n- not even close. Like, and I've just got to see what speaks to me when they start to come out. Um, mm. You know, I think the fact that I've never disliked the characters. You know, I, I, I like Daryl, even though he is so one-dimensional. And, and even he's just so one-dimensional. Pretty much everyone is one-dimensional in Walking Dead. But I think I like a lot of them. And so if they if they can freshen them up by putting them with a new batch of people in different scenarios like it, you know, it can still deliver and be enjoyable. But it's just, it's such a weird thing. Do you know what I mean? Like... The, having this finale with all of these other things hanging over it. You know, we knew with Game of Thrones that we were getting a spin-off, but Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. You know, and, and we've now got a spin-off that's very different. Um, it sounds very egregious. Like, I'm yeah. surprised, but I'm also not surprised. Because like you say, that is the MO of The yeah. Walking Dead, to create this thing that never ends. But then also, you're selling a series finale. And so the idea that, yeah, they do spend all of this time in the final moments clearly setting up spin-offs just sounds very irritating to me yeah exactly the last two minutes and also there was just like this hilarious like they're they're doing the poem like talking and like with a monologue and it's just clips of the entire show from like season one to the end Mm. of all people that have gone you see glenn and you see dowry and just all these clips and i'm like what like what are you trying to do like you're really trying to like make people you know it felt like a trailer you know, for a, a new show that hasn't been filmed yet. So it was just like this teaser of like, remember all these cool things and here's these two characters. It, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, it's Walking Dead, hey? 
what, what what do we expect at this point other than that yeah i mean i i hope for the for a finality sake that this is the last time we have to talk about it because it won't be it won't be honestly even just there's something about this show that just pisses me off like even just hearing about it where i'm like yeah of course they did like and because i really wanted you to come on here and talk about how good it was um and how much you enjoyed it and how it felt like it was a finale Mm. because that's what i'm looking for for 177 episodes exactly like i i know the answer to this question for sure but i'm gonna ask it anyway like was i right to stop watching this eight years ago oh yeah yeah (laughs) like because it's just like i feel sorry for the people like you that put all this time in and again it's not like you ever hated it because otherwise i'm sure you would have stopped watching it it's just it's just a waste of time it has its moments and 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 that's the thing it basically is what it wanted to be where it's like oh zombies are cool let's just have a never-ending thing with zombies and i'm like okay yeah, I love zombies. Like, okay, cool. And like, yeah, when we get cool shit, like it's cool. But it's just so often that it's not. And I think like even with this, like there's there I like it was light on character deaths as well, this this finale when it felt like a serious finale. Like we had characters littered in locations that were kind of at the point of no return. And there was there's one character in particular, Rosita, where um she would have been around when you watched it but who cares um she like they trolled her death like four times and then only for her to like reveal like towards the end like oh yeah i did get bit by the way guys see you later and it was just like it just had no impact on me and i really like that character but because of the way they trolled it so hard like multiple times i'm just like just bring in art the clown and get him to rip some people's heads off do you know what i mean like stop teasing us Mm. like and and you know i remember like when when we've had it with characters in the past they just can't do it like quickly because it's a zombie apocalypse like guess what they're just gonna rip you to shreds yeah (laughs) let that happen also like the way that uh you can just cut off limbs you just cut off limbs and you're fine like, it's become, like, this weird thing with Walking Dead. Like, characters get bit all the time, and they just, they just cut off a limb. <laughs> like, multiple characters now have it. And, like... So Is everyone just, like, Fiona from Chucky? Yeah, yeah. It, it's honestly getting to that point. But then they have, like, these metallic ones that they that they somehow can craft, even though there's, like, you know, no fucking resources. Mm. It's it's hilarious. But, yeah, it's it's a fucking weird show, man. Yeah, it's, it sucks, because um, I remember when I first heard about the Daryl spinoff happening, part mm. of me was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that, because I love Norman Reedus so much, and I never get to see him. But then mm. even just thinking about this now, I'm like, I know, I don't, I don't want to watch anything Walking Dead. And it's just a shame that he's kind of been grandfathered into this character in this contract now that he's going to make enough money forever to never need to do anything else like i was just looking at his sort of imdb now and it's like he almost does nothing outside of the walking dead like well, death strand is the man. only major thing he's done in recent years that isn't the walking dead and i'm like yeah it just sucks because like a lot of, a few of these other actors as well but him in particular i'd love to like stretch his wings and actually do shit but it's like no he's just gonna forever do the most low-hanging fruit just like say go around on his bike and killing people and being a badass and that's it and yeah i'm happy for him on a personal level but man from an artistic mirror i'd love to see him actually do shit that's worth watching um 
but yeah that's it i'm I'm banning the walking dead now that's the final conversation that's the nail in the coffin it's over are you um, wait i can't wait for the movie and then we finally get an episode on it no, i can't wait it, no. i was thinking i was thinking that i'd watch a movie but there's you've, you've just reminded me of how awful this show is <laughs> um and i think that's the best way for walking dead to go out really it's just a nice reminder of what could have been and what a colossal waste of time it was um but yeah um that's pretty much it for another week we've uh i think we're back in the in the or back yeah finally in the cinema yeah. for the next few weeks um yeah. with at a least bit of two a, right at least two yeah we've got bones and all this week mm. um and then the week after that we've got the big one violent night should be a hell of a lot of fun um and then obviously that movie the menu as well that we both kind of wanted to see um we were going to see it this week but i feel like we really had to do a show on terrifier 2 you know for our own horror merit and i'm glad we did um but we're just running out of weeks because we've only got potentially three maybe four but probably three regular shows now for the rest of the year um so yeah we're we're fast approaching like i'm already starting to think more and more about it now um about best of i'm I'm feeling pretty good about it um i'm not i'm petrified (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was but i think the more i thought about it the more i really started to hone in on a few that i felt were more special because yeah i was with you about a month ago where mm. i was like man there's like 25 films that i feel like equal on but i've yeah i've been able to sort of change it a bit in my mind now and i, I do think I also like in terms 16, of 16 17 i think <laughs> yeah, yeah um i do think as far as like our individual awards some of them are the easiest ones we've ever had to give out though um so i think those ones oh, will be pretty easy conversations <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like in terms of certain acting performances and it's probably not going to be a spoiler what's going to win best tv show so like there's there's some pretty easy ones to give out this year um no, but, yeah, like well, TV show, man. but i think yeah. um the uh, i think i think like one one year we might have to have like a, a, a bonus episode of us just recording recording our ramblings of how we actually yeah. get to our top list because some of the conversations we have are hilarious and they go on for like four hours yeah about like who's coming second in best tv <laughs> we're like okay we know what the winner is but but what's gonna come second <laughs> yeah and then we don't even rank them we don't even tend to do an order <laughs> no we just have two runners up yeah it is more like i remember some of those ones have just been like chaos um yeah. like yeah. i remember last year being like prepared where i was yeah. like this is going to be my one i will fight to the death of psycho gorman but you it's like you just do and you were just like yeah wherever you want it you can have it i was like sweet <laughs> straight in at number two <laughs> yeah. i was like i was like look it can't be one we've seen last night in soho and you're like yeah i agree i'm like okay cool wherever else you want like i just i just wasn't prepared for it to beat soho to number one and other than that i was like cool <laughs> yeah, like, that was the one fight that i wasn't going to take to it <laughs> yeah exactly that that was the only one that i was willing to like have and other than that i was like nah it's fine like i've heard you talk about it for so long <laughs> it was perfect um but yeah what, what what will it be this year i cannot wait for that conversation um but for now that was episode 325 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone i never could